Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Shares for Beginners. Weekend Watch List. G'day and welcome back to Shares for Beginners Weekend Watch List, where we'll be taking a close look at an individual company, sector or ETF for your watch list. That's not a recommendation to buy, but a way for you to learn how experts screen for value. Joining me today is Claude Walker from A Rich Life. G'day, Claude. How's it going? Great, Phil. Thank you for having me. No, thanks for coming on to talk about Energy One ASX Code EOL. So why is it on your watch list? Well, so because I am a small cap investor, I've actually been keeping an eye on Energy One for many years now. In the small cap land, you often get a massive influx of new hot and hyped companies. But the problem with those new companies is you don't have a long track record of watching their performance and seeing if they you know, deliver on their strategy and essentially do what they say they're going to do. So I've, as a matter of course, looked at pretty much every single small cap company on that on the ASX. And one of the reasons Energy One has stood out to me for many years is for quite a few years now, it's actually been profitable and dividend paying despite its small size. So it actually took me quite some time to buy it. I think I started looking at Energy One many years ago, perhaps seven years ago now, when it was perhaps 40 cents per share. And I didn't even buy until it was over a dollar because I was just watching to see if it would deliver. And it's been around since 96, so it has actually quite a long history, hasn't it? Yes, that's right. So, you know, this company is one that has been uh, essentially put together through acquisitions by some energy industry veterans in Australia. And for many years, you know, Australia was their only market. And, you know, actually, when I first started looking at it, they had significant customer concentration as well. Um, I may be wrong on this from the top of my head. I think Alinta was one of their first big customers or AGL. So, you know, back in the day, it was riskier in that it had a higher customer concentration and I guess less recurring revenue. And now over the course of time, as it's expanded both organically and by acquisition, uh, it has a, a more diverse customer base. It's it's now in Europe via uh the acquisition of two European energy trading software companies. So they do energy trading software. Can we dig a bit deeper into what that actually means? Yeah, sure. So it's definitely a little bit difficult uh, to get your head around because we take it so for granted that when we turn our PowerPoint, we put the switch on and energy comes right out. However, if you actually think for a second what goes into that, there's an amazing degree of complexity because even with that retailer, Sometimes that retailer won't have generated the energy you're using. So the retailer itself is doing contracting with a wholesaler. Maybe it's a wind farm, maybe it's a coal company. And also, you know, they're doing a deal with you where they've got a preset price and they need to basically be bidding uh, how much we're willing to pay. And at the same time, the wholesalers, the, the wind farm and the coal company, they are looking at how much energy they have to sell. And this is all dynamic pricing and it's only getting more dynamic as renewable energy and batteries and demand size management become more and more part of the mix. And what you essentially need is software to help humans get this right. You, you want to buy the cheapest available energy, but 
also, you know, from a provider that's like adequately close and, and optimized. And also, if you're selling energy, you want to make sure you're not offering energy for a price that is too low. And you want to make sure you're not offering more energy than you can produce right now. Um, so there's all of these like moving parts, uh, especially say with a wind farm or solar, you know, in terms of the actual energy output could be changing over time. You have dynamic forecasting. There are a huge degree of moving parts. And as you can imagine, you know, people have long been using computers to manage this. However, the better uh, the software gets, you know, the, the more efficient their operations can be and essentially the more profitable that, that those actual players can be. And also keep in mind, there are quite a few different players in the energy market. So um, there's the wholesalers producing it, there's the retailers selling it, but there's also just energy users that are big enough to justify being in the wholesale market themselves. So they also might be needing to interact with the wholesale wholesale market and, and have a whole lot of risk management going on with that. So these aren't things that you can really, that you want to just leave to humans with Excel. And really, as it gets more complicated and we move from 30-minute settlements to five-minute settlements in Australia, then you really do need to have software that can help you automate these processes. On top of that, it's really, it was worth asking, why why do I think this company um, can continue to do well in this long term? And for these key questions, I prefer to have a real simple answer. And my real simple answer to this is actually the national energy market in Australia is one of the biggest in the world. Like it's actually super rare to have such a big geographical spread in a single country because we're a big country and our eastern states are all connected in their energy market. This is a complex system. And Energy One has about 50% of the market they're serving them. So that shows that they have succeeded in a complex and difficult market, which to my mind is good reason to believe that these guys have both the existing products and the skills to expand elsewhere. Now, of course, it's never easy to go and sell this kind of you know product unless you're already known and trusted because it is so mission critical. And once the customer starts using you, it's going to be so difficult for them to change. So for that reason, and excitingly, the way they've been expanding is by acquisition in Europe. Now, acquisitions themselves bring a whole bunch of risk. And so a year ago, their share price was, you know, less than it is now, maybe half, because the market was looking at recent acquisitions of Contigo, and I think it's called Ease Energy or Easy Energy. I think it's how you pronounce it is a French company they bought. It has a kind of funny spelling to its name. But, you know, there was some risk about whether those acquisitions would perform as hoped. But luckily, they did perform as hoped. And then we started to see and, and reap the rewards of that in the most recent profit results, where the company managed to grow half-year profits by 398% to $2 million in the half year. Now, keep in mind that they have two types of revenue. They have sort of the recurring software revenue, but they also have like the Im- more implementation one-off style revenue. And in the last half, they did have a good amount of that implementation revenue. It's not not recurring. So we're not expecting the next half to be as good as the first half, but it should still be fairly close. And they're, they're forecasting about 3.7 million for the full year profit. This is like a profitable software company trading on 164 million, so well over 100 million. You'd sort of argue based on profit right now, it's a little bit too expensive necessarily to be buying right now, which is why I, I would argue it's 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 a great watch list stock because it's it's still really under the weight radar. I believe it's about um, around about 50% insider ownership, which some people say is a good thing. 
but it can also be a bad thing as well. Do you see this as a good thing at the moment for this company? Yeah. So, so for this company, I see it as a good thing. And because these guys have been, the board of directors do own around half the company and they've been major holders of the, of the company for a long time, many years. But what you're starting to see now is as the company is gaining more acknowledgement in the market, there's much more demand for shares, for liquidity. And this has allowed the insiders to start selling down a little bit, which is not, which is never really a great thing to see. And I don't like to see that. However, when they own such a large amount of the company overall, it's not such a bad thing because, you know, they've been long-term investors in this company. It's not that surprising that they'd like to take some off the table, especially when the share price, you know, has gone $1, $2, $4, that's when they started selling some. And now they've been taking some off the table at around current prices above $6. And you also want to see external people, external investors yeah. taking an interest in the company yeah, as so well, not, which is a good thing. I'm not thing. too worried about yeah. this because you you wouldn't characterize their selling as dumping, right? They've been, they don't seem urgent to get out. They've been feeding out shares as the share price goes up. Now, at the same time, at $164 million, you know, this company is now starting to get big enough to perhaps start attracting the attention of more small cap fund managers and stuff like that. So what the, the upside here is as the, the tightly held shares of those insiders get sold out into the market, the liquidity of the stock improves. And at $164 million, it's still far too small for indexes. And honestly, it's still far too small for a lot of fund managers. But given that the company has shown that it has repeatedly managed to execute decent acquisitions in this space. And given that anyway, it has been sort of growing organically over the long term, I think that there's upside here in the fact that as it grows, it will attract more attention and will continue to have more and more people who aren't currently looking at the company become potential investors. And then I think they'll find it compelling because right now, this is a company that is expensive if you look at the profit. But when it comes down to it, this is a software, a recurring revenue software business that's expecting around 27.5 million in revenue for the current year. So that means that if you actually valued this on a revenue multiple, then it's not actually so expensive. Like this is one that has been typically looked at as if it's like a profit dividend stuff. It's actually only trading on about six times revenue. Now, you see the top popular software as a service kind of recurring revenue software stocks, they trade on 10 times revenue or 15 times revenue or 20 times revenue. Now, I'm not saying that Energy One deserves to be trading on those multiples right now. But you could definitely imagine as this company becomes more well-known, you could have more investors starting to look at it as a recurring revenue in a sticky industry that has a good track record, that's profitable, that pays a dividend. I think rule of thumb, if you believe in the long term, then, you know, probably it can definitely grow in to its current valuation. Claude Walker, thanks very much for a fantastic and excellent summation of this company. Thanks for having me, Phil, and, and have a lovely afternoon. Shares for Beginners is for information and educational purposes only. It isn't financial advice, and you shouldn't buy or sell any investments based on what you've heard here. Any opinion or commentary is the view of the speaker only, not Shares for Beginners. This podcast doesn't replace professional advice regarding your personal financial needs, circumstances, or current situation. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 